Welcome to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and I'm a social selling obsessed educator with a passion for health, fitness, and all things marketing and systems. We're all about delivering results producing strategies and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. You're going to learn about all things marketing and see what actually works. It's true that success leaves clues. Take it from one of our very own listeners, Dana, who left this review. Hey, Ashley, honestly, thank you so much for being you and doing what you do. I've loved every minute of this episode. It's really got my brain going and I can't wait to listen to more. I've done your free done for you five day and I purchased the 20 done for you posts and I simply cannot say how amazing my interaction with people was when I was using your posts. One day I will have purchased all of what you offer. Thank you again for you. XO Dana. Dana, thank you so much for this review. If you are loving this podcast, finding yourself motivated to grow your business or enjoying all the marketing tips, do me a favor and help me spread the message. Leave me a rating or review and I may just share your message right here on the podcast. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode, I am talking to Monera Dragomir and we're getting into all things should and shouldn't around social media. Now, Munera got a long history of working in the social media industry, but most recently she is actually the CMO at Planable. So she has tons of great tips and tricks to offer around where you should be spending your time on social media and definitely where you shouldn't and some of the traps that a lot of people fall into. So listen in, have a pen ready and get ready to be blown away and told exactly what to do, where to focus your time so that you can feel super productive and efficient. Maruna, thank you so much for joining me today on Social Selling Simplified. We're going to be talking about all things optimizing your social media efforts, and I'm super excited to dig into how to actually get inside your brain, behind the scenes of how to process size this and some of the systems that you actually use to set up your social media. So before we dive in, why don't we start a little bit with your story? And I know, obviously, you're the CMO of Planable. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in there, because that's a new promotion that you just shared with me, which is amazing. Move from head of marketing to chief marketing officer. So tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing and what that looked like for you. Sure. Yeah. So it's, I've had an interesting journey to lead me to be the CMO of Planable. Um, I'm saying that because my first role in marketing, I was quite confused as most young people are when they're just starting their careers. So my first role was actually in social media. I wasn't sure if that was the long uh, path that I want to take, but it was, it, it sounded really, I really liked it in the beginning. I still do. Um, and so I, my first job was at a pretty big corporation where only the social media team, a uh, part of it actually was uh, made out of 20 people. And it was there that I kind of gotten to really know how social media looks like off Facebook, off, you know, the feeds, the walls, the grids, the whatever you want to call them. 
And it was interesting to see because either uh, besides the analytics part that I really enjoyed, it was also the planning had a lot less to do with creativity than I thought. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I expected mm-hmm. I would stay in a room, think out those witty words, that look for that great content mm-hmm. or even build it. Um, but it actually, you know, a lot of my time was spent planning the content and then distributing that, which was usually a spreadsheet, distributing that within what we had there. I think it was about 50 stakeholders for each sub-brand that we managed. So we had to send that out, you know, collect feedback. Mm. And even if it wasn't that big of a brand, we still had a couple of people that we wanted feedback from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, simply building that spreadsheet, which I remember my innovation back then was moving from an Excel to a spreadsheet. <laughs> and it was a big improvement. But yeah, that was kind of uh, my experience with the planning side of things. And I kind of took a turn, went to Uber for a year and a half. I was uh, part of the marketing team there. And then I um, I learned about Planable. I really fell in love with what they're doing and with the mission that they had, which is a, it revolves around um, a lot around social media planning. And so it made so much sense for me because it resonated with it. And I wanted to be part of the team and to contribute to making the lives of people doing social a lot easier. Cool. So I'm curious, what was your perception of social media before? And then after you got a look behind the scenes, because I think that there are a lot of people that have, I want to say like this love hate relationship with social media. Like we know we have to use it to grow our business and that is not going to change, but there's this point where, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking from, you know, like there's a lot of, I think effort that can sometimes go into social where like you want to make sure your efforts lead up to something. Like nobody ever wants to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on social and post. And then an hour later, like after you feel like crap and you've compared yourself to every single person that you're following on there, you feel like, (laughs) like, how do you then go and post something and feel good about it? Right. So like, what was the big change before and after? I think, yeah, it was, um, at the beginning, it was a lot about changing the misconceptions that I had. I think mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was uh, quite, again, at the beginning of my career back then. And what we were taught in school and back then when I was listening to all the influencers on social and marketing, it was a lot about, you know, content. Content is king mm-hmm. and content is the most important thing. So if you create mm-hmm. go- great content, if you share it on social, if you, if, mm-hmm. if the what you put out on social is great, people are just going to come to you which I now know is not this far from the truth. I mean, the quality of content is very important. Don't get me wrong, but I do not think it brings audience on its own. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. hashtags, it's uh, tagging the right people, it's giveaways, mm-hmm. it's initiatives to bring the audience to your, I mean, I feel like that piece of advice applies to uh, accounts that already have tens of thousands of followers. And yes, if you build great content, they will probably come back or start interacting with you more and gain more mm-hmm. followers. Mm-hmm. But if you have nothing or if you have very few of them, it's just it's not going to be enough. And it's it should be. I mean, a lot of your effort should go into the quality of your content. But distribution is is key 
finding out mm. how to reach uh, audiences. And then, yeah, the second misconception for sure was how people actually worked and how much went into brainstorming versus how much actually went into the nitty gritty, into manual work that I really did not. It was not what I was thinking I'll be doing when I'll manage social media. Third part would be the, the analytics side. I think it's a very, it's very tempting to look at social data totally separate from everything else that you're doing, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, you know, those likes, those follows, those engagements, they don't really mean anything if you don't tie them up with the actual business results. So I think mm -hmm. that's also something a lot of businesses do just to kind of um, segment the results of whatever efforts they're, they're doing. Mm, okay. I love this list of three things. So I'm going to summarize what we just, what you said. So we've got the difference between content and distribution. We've got what actually goes into your plan and into the work. And then number three is the analytics and what can be tempting to focus on, but what it actually means is more important and how it ties to the business results. Let's start with the first one here and talk a little bit more about content versus distribution, because I think that, I mean, I hear from people all the time how much time they spend, like, it's so time consuming, creating stories, creating reels, like, every time something new is thrown at them, it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, I got to learn that now. And this like content monster is always chasing you with how much you feel like you have to create. Let's, I'm really excited to have just a straight up, really honest conversation about this. Like, what is the weight of content versus distribution? And I think we're very familiar with the content component, but let's have a conversation about what distribution looks like and what are some of the strategies to phrase that and summarize what I just said. I think I'm looking for the mix. Like, what percentage of your business growth is content versus distribution? Would you say it's like 50-50 or what do you think the, the mix is? Yeah, it's very hard to prioritize between the two. I think it depends mm -hmm. on the stage though. So yeah. I think at the beginning, before you distribute, you should build proper content, a few pieces at least, obviously, because if you're inviting people to an empty page, they don't know what they're following, they're not going to follow. So you should mm -hmm. build at first some content. So probably in the first thousand followers, you should focus maybe 70% on your content. But then once you're starting to, once you feel like you have a valuable content and now people, you feel comfortable to start inviting people, to start gaining Uh, followers because you've got your role, you've got your niche, you've got whatever you think um, your brand is, mm -hmm. um, then you can shift a bit that focus and start thinking about the distribution a lot more. Um, and, you know, in the initial phase, I think in the content, it's these are most people say this, you know, look at look for your niche. And I think that's important because obvious that someone else is going to do that too. But it's important to see where the market is oversaturated what information do most influencers post mm -hmm. 
And is that oversaturated? Because if you're thinking, I don't know, if you're thinking uh, exercises for sports, for example, which I follow a lot, I follow a bunch of influencers for that because it's never too much. I I always want to see new ideas of exercises that I can try out. But if it's dietary tips, I mean, it's not that big of a um, a variation, you know, that big of an area. Mm. If I know the basics, I'm going to go with that. So just that, you know, depending on how much content people need and how much content is out there, try to find your golden place. Um, And once again, once you do that, then the distribution side is just, it's a lot about thinking where those people are, where do you think they are, and how can you get them to your page? So it's go to them, but think about how hard or um, not it is for them to get on your page. Because if you're uh, trying to get them on your Instagram page via, I don't know, via uh, YouTube or, or print, obviously, let's go with print. If you're thinking of printing some flyers to get people on our Instagram page, it's going to be a long path for them. They have to open up their phone. They have to look for your um, handle. They have to follow you. But if you're going on a different Instagram page, the path is going to be so much simpler. Okay, perfect. So basically, in the beginning, before you get your first 1000 followers, it's like, super focus in on the messaging, who you are, what you stand for, um, really hone in on that so that people can feel that presence when they come across you because you don't want to bring a bunch of people there and then be all over the place. Like that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, totally get that. So then distribution is thinking about where your people are and what is the shortest path to get there. Let's say you have over a thousand followers, you know, your message, you're showing up consistently. You go, you can go live, you know what you talk about your themes, those sort of things. What are some strategies around distribution because this is where I think a lot of people struggle they don't know how to get more followers to them so what are the things you think are the top three easiest ways to get more distribution to increase that I think the first thing is of course the discovery part I think that's important and a lot of people I don't know if they neglected but um, I think it's important to think strategically about it so the discovery part is you know and on Instagram it's hashtags on Facebook, it might be SEO, just, you know, the words that you're using. It depends on the platform, but think about the discovery and think about, really think about those audiences that you're targeting. What would they look for? Because I see a lot of hashtags just chosen a lot more like the brand things than how the people uh, actually word their desire, again, what they're looking for. Don't necessarily start that much. You can look at other influencers, but don't start with all the pages and just copy paste their hashtags. They just might be doing it wrong. Again, try to really put yourself in the mindset of your consumer. Are they looking for, I don't know, wellness or are they looking for how to eat or healthy recipes or calorie counted recipes? stuff like that, you know, how, again, how the people phrase it. And then, so discovery, I I would focus a lot on that at the beginning. It's harder, it's a long-term game, but it's forever there. You know, you don't necessarily delete your content. So if you manage to grow it, it's going to show up in discovery. Then I would go a lot for partnership. I think partnerships is, um, it's a really good way to get in front of a new audience that you don't necessarily own. 
think about what you can give in return because it's probably not going to be followers at first but you can maybe give something else you can maybe also have some i don't know instagram live so for a post you can give a live and a post and um, mention at whatever in your to your direct customers or something like that so you can bump up that offer so it makes it more appealing for other accounts that are more that are bigger than you and i think think about if you have other environments if you have for example customers think about they, what their incentive would be to follow and distribute you on social so if they may not have thousands of followers themselves but every uh, everyone has a few hundred so it's going to be valuable just think about giving them an incentive you know if you post photos of them they're probably going to want to share it back if you stuff like that you know just mention them. <laughs> okay, awesome. So let's move into talking about what actually goes into the work. This is really I think reflecting back on what you used to think social media was versus what you learned about perhaps it's the systems or processes. How do you lay that out the actual work of optimizing your social media? Yeah, I think again it's a lot of time goes into what should not be part of your planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're doing stuff, any manual stuff that's taking you, I have this rule in my team and it's not only about social, but it applies to whatever we do. And if any process is done regularly and it takes more than five minutes slash manual process, then we should talk about it. Think about it. How long does it take? How often do you do this? How much time does it take? And how easy it would be to actually uh, make it more efficient. I would look at everything you do very objectively. Just how long does it take? And is it done manually? Does it require, does it activate your creativity, your strategy, anything that's, you know, your talent Or is it just copy-pasting, moving this, moving that, stuff that that anyone could do? And if it's stuff that anyone could do, you should uh, really find a way to optimize it. Um, And I know, you know, uh, we talked a bit about your audience in the beginning, and um, a lot of you may not have teams necessarily, um, so you don't, you work alone. um, But for social, you know, it can scale fast, you can bring someone in, and it can be a difficult process to hand over if it's not done properly. And even for you, you know, if you have spreadsheets, if you have drive folders, if you have folders on your phone with all your media assets, it can get very chaotic very soon. Got it. Okay, perfect. I guess when you talk about the any process that takes over five minutes, or it's very manual, would you say that's the biggest mistake that people are making? Because all of that adds up, obviously. And it's like, yeah, you know, if some, if it can be outsourced or I remember when I was first starting my business, I had a, a coach and a mentor and he always talked about if somebody else can do it for, you know, there's many VAs out there or people that can help you. But I think the actual example was like, it could be like hiring somebody to help you clean your house or something like that. But a VA example works too. You are really trying to get to the point that you are only focusing on like $100 an hour tasks. So when you step in and say, oh, I can also do this, 
you're dropping your rate every single time to do that, that you could probably have a VA do that or find a team member to do that for a lower rate. So it's like, what is your time really worth? Yeah, I think manual work, it brings a lot of problems for anyone. It's besides wasting time, uh, making your time less valuable, uh, decreasing your earnings end of day, it can also, mm-hmm. you know, it, it decreases the quality of what you do, because you'll end up taking that time from somewhere else. And that somewhere yeah. else, maybe the content that you're building, maybe the brainstorming that, you know, you could be doing for distribution or how you can grow your, your channel on building, you know, assets, all that could be done with the time that you would no longer spend on manual work. And it's not mm-hmm. necessarily if it's, you know, it's at the beginning, it may be scary to bring someone on because you never know if it's going to be a full-time job or not, or even, even part-time or if, I don't know. It can be scary. But before bringing someone else, there's still a lot of technology solutions out there uh, that could help mm-hmm. you with anything, really, even with uh, uh, building a giveaway um, or randomizing, you know, those little contests. You can randomize those words. There's there's so many tools out there. And a lot of them are very cheap, a lot cheaper than you'd think. Perfect. Okay, awesome. So let's go into point number three here about uh, the analytics and what do you find people focus on that they shouldn't be when it comes to social media data? What should they focus on instead as well? Yeah, I think the a lot of people still look at impressions, reach, uh, likes, followers, all that. But I, I'm not saying that's not important. I'm just saying that's part of the picture. If that And if it's not tied up, I mean, you could have a huge engagement rate. You could have huge numbers on your page specifically. But if you're not bringing any of that into your business, if that doesn't translate into money, then there's still something you could improve and you could really turn that around. You're, it's probably probably you're not tying that enough with your product. The content is too vast. It, it doesn't say what you actually sell. What I want to point out is that it should still be tied to everything. Absolutely any metric should be tied with your conversion rates and with your acquisition, customer acquisition costs, just so you know if the time you're spending there is actually worth it or not. I remember hearing actually from someone I was listening to on a podcast, like you can't cash in your likes and engagement for money. Stop looking at it like you can and just focusing on that. What you're saying instead is focus on the bigger picture and be looking at the trends with the actual conversion rates and when you're actually converting those followers to customers, because that's way more important. Like you're not running a business just to get likes. You're running a business to be profitable. So you need to connect what you're posting to actually bringing in revenue. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think those are three super solid lessons and great, great takeaways. So what I would love to do is get behind the scenes and learn more about how Planable works and how you use it for setting up your processes, systems, and just, yeah, I'd love for you to share your screen with us and us to get a little demo of how this all works. Yeah, sure. I can show you that really quickly. Awesome. Oh, 
Yeah. So here's Planable. <laughs> um, I think it says a lot just from taking a look at it. Um, the whole one of the biggest ideas here is that you have your content extremely visible, so you can really see it at um in full preview mode. So this is drafts, right? These are your uh, post impending. So you've created it. You can really interact with them. So you know how the carousel post is going to look like. So you can preview the video, um, any shape or form. And that looks different from one channel to another. So it's exactly how it's going to look like on that particular platform. As for actually planning it, you have a calendar view where you can see the posts for all your social media accounts or some of them or one of them. And this uh, gets really uh, easy, really simple because you can just uh, drag and drop posts from one day to another. Mm -hmm. So you can really distribute, um, you know, balance out that content. Um, you even have some, you know, a, a lot of small planning features such as labels, for example, that help you if you have content pillars they help you keep that organized and not ensure that you don't talk about one part of your business too much. Mm -hmm. For Instagram, you even have a grid view so you can see how that's going to um, really arrange uh, and plan and uh, drag and drop that too. And stories, you can also preview stories here. Uh, you can edit them. You have some basic editing features that will work wonders at first. You can, you know, play around with the fonts, the colors, the photos, build um, um, various uh, uh, stories that, that will play nicely into your brand. Um, and creating posts is also really, really simple. So you can just add from Media Library, as I said, you can you could upload here all your assets, all the posts that you, all the photos or videos that you've created, and you can just drag and drop them into a post, write whatever you want to write, um, and you can tweak that for your separate channels, right? So you could say that, okay, I want this to be the main post, post for everything, um, I do, but then for Google My Business, I want to, but you can say this is for LinkedIn, right? Um, and whatever, add your hashtags or tag your pages that you want to tag that would not, this will not apply for the rest of the pages. So it's really tweaking content for each platform that you use. Yeah, in a super fast uh, demo, this is kind of the gist of it. Uh, we also have, you know, a free uh, plan at the beginning for the first 50 posts. So you can really try it out for yourself and see if it works. Oh, I mean, awesome. it does work, but if it works for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. What's the TikTok one look like? That's cool. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we've also got TikTok. You can upload your videos here, uh, create that copy. And um, once you, you can schedule it out you're, and you're going to get a notification on your mobile phone to just you you hit one um, the notification and it's live super cool so you said there's an option for my listeners to get a free trial to try it out for 50 posts is that right did i hear that right yeah yeah the first cool. 50 posts are free uh, well, okay. i think you're going to include the link in the in the bio right yeah, and uh, what I'll do is I'll include the link in the show notes for everyone so they can get in here, play around with it, try it out. I mean, I love how visual it is. Like, that feels like it would make it super easy to 
not only I love the visual concept, but then being able to like repurpose stuff right there, like add in all the hashtags makes it super easy versus the time suck it is to like go in and do the stuff all manually. Yeah. Now, have you heard much? This is one question I've gotten many times before. How do you find that it does it impact the algorithm if you're not posting on the native platform? Like, how do you, how have you guys found that to be impactful or has it been? I think honestly, it's, um, I I don't think there's a study behind that. I've heard this Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times. We have some customers that at the beginning were, were afraid that this would happen too. We've never heard complaints of our customers actually that are actually using the platform. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think it would be a bit counterintuitive at this point because we're using APIs that are launched by the platforms alone. These are native APIs. They gave us access to do this. So it's not hacking in any way. The platforms themselves know that it's really complicated to do this natively on for so so many platforms so we have access to them we're facebook partners um twitter partners linkedin partners whatever you um we've got all the badges so it's uh it it should not happen they i do not see their interest in doing this honestly yeah i thank you for that answer because i think that sometimes there's a lot of people that are like well the algorithm and like meanwhile it's like they don't really understand like what that actually means. And like you're saying, when you have, when they've given you access with an API connection, why would they then be like, no, we're also going to punish you. We've given you access, but like, like it just logically, it just does not make sense. And sometimes these things get picked up and just repeated by people that, you know, they just hear it from somewhere and then repeat that information that is not necessarily accurate. So I appreciate you setting the record straight. That has been super, super informative. Thank you so much for running through that quick demo with us and for sharing all of your social media optimizing tips. I'm going to link in the show notes where to get that demo and where can people find you and follow you? Uh, They can find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active there. Uh, Just search my name and uh, you should find me. And Manera, can you just spell out your name so that people know how to, they'll be able to search you. We're also going to put it in the show notes, but I just yeah. want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is uh, Miruna, which is M-I-R-U-N-A and uh, Dragomir, which is D-R-A-G-O-M-I-R. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. And I really, really appreciate you spending time with us today. Hey coach, if you're not getting engagement on your posts and you're not sure why, or you want to find challengers and coaches, but they're not coming to you and you don't know what you're doing wrong, or you want the shortcut to growing your coaching business fast, but feel like there's something keeping you from gaining momentum. My ideal customer cheat sheet is designed specifically for you. I like to call it my secret weapon and you will too. You can post pretty pictures with great captions, but if you're not talking directly to your ideal customer, you won't get what you're looking for. My ideal customer cheat sheet contains a process most coaches have never even heard of, and it will help you get crystal clear on exactly who your ideal customer is and how to talk to them. That's what makes this your new secret weapon to slowing the scroll for immediate engagement. 
go check it out at ashleyshaw.ca slash ICCS. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash ICCS.